0: Sir Colin Meads, the man regarded by many as the greatest all-black ever, has died at the age of 81. The Prime Minister has described him as a man who represents what it means to be a New Zealander. Emile Donovan reports.
1: Nicknamed Pine Tree, Colin Meads was the mainstay of all-black scrums from 1950. This to is the first obituary I ever did. Colin Meads died on a Sunday. The news was announced early afternoon. And it can be a bit tough getting hold of people on Sundays, especially people in the world of rugby, for some reason. I was a little bit worried. This was big news. I was one of very few reporters on duty. And this was the day I was introduced to RNZ's obituaries folder. Hundreds of names, some familiar, some not detailing the trials, the tribulations, and the achievements of some of the most important figures to New Zealand society. Sam Neill's there, Tariana Turia, Lindley Dodd, Alan Duff, Shana Elias and Geoffrey Palmer, Judy Bailey, Maggie Barry, even RNZ's very own Kim Hill. And nestled among them, there it was, Colin Mead's. A comprehensive description of his life and times, complete with archived audio of people paying tributes talking about what he was like, and of course some clips of the man himself.
0: And I thought of the charities I do work for and that sort of thing, it might help them raise more money. And take
1: All I had to do was pop in the dates and read the words, which is very convenient when you're a baby reporter stressing out about making deadline. <laughs> Obituaries occupy a strange ground. They're tributes, histories, and memorials. But they need to try to show all sides of a person, the good, the bad, and, when it's there, the ugly. They can shine a light on unheralded people, the scientists and the mathematicians and the community figures who lived largely anonymous lives, contributing immensely to society. I'm Emile Donovan. And today on The Detail, Stuff feature writer Bess Manson and former NZ Herald editor Gavin Alice on one of the more esoteric and, in a sense, macabre crafts in journalism and why a well-done obit is more than just a CV. It's a piece of history.
2: There's a lot of research that goes into an obituary. So even if it was for the following day's paper, you know, it would be... uh, You'd be hard-pushed to do a really great job on something... In a couple of hours. That's another reason to really have these, you know, for particularly well-known people in the bag that you might update here and there, uh, but ready to go, essentially. What is
1: an obituary?
2: Some people would say it's a tribute, but I don't agree. It's a sort of public record of someone's life, really. Um, it's uh, it's a look back at, I suppose the question is who, who, who deserves an obituary, mm. but um, it, it's a look back at someone's life, someone who perhaps contributed in some way to their society, their community, or someone who um, achieved a lot in their chosen career. Brilliant star, brilliant
1: star. Exuberant, excitable and utterly unmistakable.
0: ...by the Austrian...
1: Murray Walker was the high octane voice behind a high octane sport. It was once said that even in his quieter moments he sounded like his trousers were on fire. That's it.
2: Bang bang and off. I suppose a significant impact on their community, their country or, you know, in the world.
1: But there is something sort of intangible about it isn't there? I mean you you wouldn't consider a CV necessarily to be an obituary would oh, you?
2: God no. I mean um, the word CV sends shivers up my spine <laughs> when I think about an obituary. Um, the problem is that sometimes people will send, you know, pages and pages of someone's CV. You know how many boards they sat on, the you know the, the degrees they had, and the universities they went to. And, and that's all very well and good as background, and to maybe include bits of it, but. By no means should anyone writing an obituary feel beholden to stick to including everything there. Um, An obituary really is a story, and it's a story of that person's life. It's a difficult one because you think, how can I possibly sum up anyone's life in five to eight hundred words? Or I sometimes push the boat out to a thousand or more, but uh, if I can get away with it. But, you know, uh, it's really... Their story, and it's all about um the detail. Uh, no pun intended, Emile, but it's 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 absolutely about the detail in the story, and the CV is just there as a kind of guide to showing you you know I guess the formal things that they achieved.
1: yeah, I, I suppose in a sense it's sort of it's telling the story of a person, isn't it or, or as it, as as well as you can.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, something that you raised with me before this interview was, you know, is there an element of um, the macabre, but the, the sort of, um, is there a grim nature to obituaries? But And I, I, I have to sort of reference the New York Times obituary department here. There was a, um, a documentary made on their department. And they talk about it, and I wholly agree, as, as being something absolutely about life and very little about death. Mm. I mean, the, the reason you're writing it is because obviously someone's died, but it's absolutely about their life. <clears throat> I guess if you imagine it's you, what would you want someone to say about you? Would you want them sort of crying into their tissues and, um, or, or remembering the, the kind of interesting things about your life?
1: How do you go about it? Do you have a method?
2: Well, n- normally you sort of let the dust... I mean, if it's someone that's very high profile... I mean, I, I, I do a few preemptive ones and I, I'm always a bit terrified that they're going to be used before that person dies. You know, it's happened not with us, but it's happened before.
1: I was mistakenly reported as dead on the BBC website. <laughs> not yes. even like the, not i know it was a bbc website and um, it just said uh, tributes are pouring in for actor and comedian musician bill bailey who has died at the age of 52 which is really annoying because they, they got the age wrong firstly <laughs> i was so annoyed about that and they used a weird photo as well i said well, no, is this the you, photo you tweeted the... tweet oh this. no i mean what is that i think that is perfect for an obituary that is that says that
0: says this sucks <laughs>
2: so i i always put a big line at the top this person is alive and well do not publish <laughs> until confirmation of death but i mean if it's if it's someone you know someone lands on my desk could i do an obituary on so and so i will often ring a family member perhaps and and see if they might you know discuss the the Prospect of doing uh, an obituary, or say that we want to do one. M- often people will send a, um, a bunch of eulogies, which is a really good background, mm. which we sometimes quote from. Um, I go to our library and and look up everything to do with that person that we may have published in the past. Uh, that also means you can sort of quote from them directly, mm. um, you know, from the grave now. But that sort of brings to life, I think. The story, but when you can say, you know, in, in a 2010 interview, they said X, Y, and Z. I will read biographies, autobiographies, which you have to sort of, I, I guess, take with a grain of salt in some ways, and then interview people, colleague, former colleagues, friends, uh, people who had something to do with this person. And that gives you a broad overview of that person because, you know, you still have to be objective here. It's not. Um, just a kind of a big celebration of their yeah. life. That's that's what funerals are for. But but an obituary has to be you know the good, the bad, and the ugly as well.
1: Yes, you you sent through a really interesting when we were corresponding about this interview. You sent you sent through a, a line that I really liked. The really interesting obits you wrote are those for people who've become well known for one thing, but rather notorious for another. And dealing with people who say we should not write about the latter.
2: Mm, it's difficult. I mean. We have, have a, a sort of ethical responsibility, really, to be objective and, and to tell it straight.
0: Bernie Madoff, the convicted mastermind of America's biggest financial fraud ever, has died at the age of 82. For more than 50 years, he was famous only on Wall Street. A big money manager, founder of his own firm at age 22. But
2: in December 2008... If you work on a trading desk, stop what you're doing for one second... Bernard Madoff became a household name. It's difficult when you're dealing with a family member who doesn't want you to go into that stuff. And I mean, I won't mention the particular one I was talking about, but but that was someone who had achieved some quite interesting things, who went on to commit some crimes and spent time. In prison, mm. but then went on to do very good things in prison. So it, it was a sort of praise sandwich, really. I mean, mm. you, but we had to uh, make the call that yes, this person was a figure of national interest, and therefore we were going to run the obituary and 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 tell it as it was.
1: We heard earlier that most news outlets pre-write obituaries for especially famous people. Of course, the flip side of this is sometimes those obituaries sit on the shelf for. Quite some time.
0: Yes, I, I have a, um, an abiding memory of an obituary that I wrote.
1: Is this the Queen Mother one, Gavin?
0: Queen Mother, which was set in, in hot metal.
1: This is Gavin Alice, a journalism academic and former editor of the NZ Herald.
0: And it sat in a galley waiting, you know, because we, we did advance obituaries to drop into the paper you know, late at night if, if uh, somebody popped their clogs. Mm-hmm. And it sat in hot metal... in a a galley for years and she kept on keeping on and we moved over to computer production. It went out the door and uh, never saw the light of day.
1: What makes a person worthy of an obituary?
0: Uh, It it varies. Um, Some, uh, it is purely and simply celebrity. Politicians may be recalled for what they did or didn't do. Uh, It it varies, there is no set formula for why a person should should have an obituary, other than I think they made a mark on the world of some sort. He was born Prince Rogers Nelson,
1: and for a performer who went under just one name, Prince, he had an
0: ever-evolving number of nicknames, backing bands and musical styles. Uh, one of the problems we, we face now in doing that uh, is the, the loss of institutional knowledge in our newsrooms. You know, as the number of journalists has been, you know, cut alarmingly, as older older journalists retire and are replaced by young and much cheaper journalists, uh, we we've lost institutional knowledge. So there's nobody to who can who can look through the death notices, for example, and say, "Ah, I remember in nineteen sixty seven that person did this, and some of those obituaries recalling almost forgotten events can be the most interesting you know the people who who were noteworthy then disappeared back into obscurity uh, but nonetheless make re- gripping obituaries when uh, when the time comes. But you have to have the interne- institutional knowledge to know who that person was when you simply see um, uh, a very, very brief notice of their, their death.
1: Yes, one recurring theme that I have come across as I've talked to people about this story is the satisfaction from people who write obituaries of highlighting... Uh, you know, l- lesser-known people, or uh, community heroes, or people who contributed significantly in less sexy areas than showbiz or politics.
0: Oh, abs- absolutely, uh, and and they often make the most colourful s- stories too. You know, when I said that they may that, that a person made a, some mark on the world, that mark may not have been recognised by the, the news media uh, at the time, or their contribution has been quietly carried out over a long, long period of time. Giving those people the recognition that they fully deserve is a hugely satisfying thing in writing an obituary, that you feel as though you've helped to do justice to that person, given them the recognition that in life they may have been denied. He was a man with forward thinking and future vision.
1: His tangahoe upbringing on his marae paved the way for an illustrious yet humble career. Dr Huirangi Eruera Waikire Puru was a Māori-language activist and trade unionist. He led efforts to secure the survival of the Māori language during the 1980s. That established Māori television, iwi radio, te tau rewhiri, te Māngai pāho and the share of the spectrum for Māori. Do you have a favourite that sort of springs to mind or a few oh, favourites? <laughs> That's <laughs> a weird word,
2: isn't it? <laughs> I suppose when you think about um, ones that had the most effect, I mean, there's, there's, there is one, and it's often the, the ones who die young that you feel the weight of that. Mm. But uh, I, I wrote one on a, a woman called Michelle Amass, who was a actor and director and poet. But most of all, all the people I spoke to said, you know, the biggest thing for her in her life her biggest achievement, her greatest love was being a mother to her daughter, and um, and I got that. You know, I really, um, as a as a mother, I, I I get that. And and through the course of my research, I um, <clears throat> I found a poem where she it, uh, it, it it's about her daughter, and it had such an impact that I that I used it at the end of her obituary. And I still read it and get a lump in my throat. And it's it's the shortest poem. I could read it to you if you want, but we don't need to. i love to hear to, it. Sure, love sure. to. So it's a sort of text poem, really, and in her sort of daughter's words. Mum, come upstairs, my throat's too sore to call out to you. In fire, Mother Red, I take the stairs two at a time. So yeah, you can see I still get quite emotional about that. Um, so I sort of finished it: a the actor, the poet, the mother, and and to me that sort of, I guess, summed up, you know, who who what she felt was most interesting and important in her life. So so yeah, there were things like that, and uh, there was also another guy I wrote about who was a ceramics collector, a guy by the name of Simon Manchester. Mm. So he he was an incredible guy incredibly smart um quite well known in Wellington but you know he he also um his sister talked about his uh, addiction problems you know through part of his life and she ac- accompanied him to the hospital when he needed to go there and um she said we we would walk to the hospital hand in hand just like we did when we were children and that really kind of um struck me as well because I could really uh, um envisage that scene, yeah, so it's, it's the little things. it's like I say it's the detail, it's the detail, it's the detail. and that says a hell of a lot more than um, you know a list of achievements in a CV.:
1: It's so interesting to hear you talk about this. I mean you've mentioned things like like soul and uh, legacy and memory, which are things that we all know exist and are things, but are so intangible. And you know to deal with themes like those in a medium like writing and print is um it's a it's a it's a tall ask
2: it it is a big ask and and like I say it goes back to that whole responsibility of can you do this justice? can you do this person justice in eight hundred words? Can you sum it up would they like it <laughs> so um yeah it's it's um it's It is a difficult one, but I think, you know, the the key really is lots and lots and tons and tons and tons of research, and so, you know, when you have and you know, you suddenly you have this massive information, and then you've got to whittle it down. But you know, that's a that's a journalist's job. Um, so, but the, the the more information you have, the broader story you can tell, and you can hopefully nut it down to something that is objective and fair, and 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 just a bloody good story.
1: Hmm. I've noticed. I'm not sure whether this is a modern phenomenon or not, but it seems to me, anyway. You know, almost a, a hint of iconoclasm to when. Prominent people die these days. You know, there can be sort of almost a desire to see people in quite black and white terms. You know, this person who is now dead was bad because they said this bad thing this time, and therefore this must be mentioned in any um, uh, summary of their life or or whatever. As an obituary writer, you must really get a sense for how complicated and layered people and people's legacies can be.
2: Absolutely, and and the things, no-one's all good or all bad. Um, and But I think, you know, if you don't... I mean, Prince Philip, for example, I mean, if you didn't mention some of the gaffes... While giving only a handful of interviews over the years, Prince Philip has been a gift to the media with his often indiscreet comments. He caused something a furore when he asked a group of Aboriginal dancers if they still threw their spears at each other. I think people would be thinking, well... <laughs> He was well known for that, you know, amongst other things that he did that were good. But you have to remain a, a, a trusted outlet. You have to have your readers' um, trust. So if you don't, if you, if you skip things that think, oh, well, that, was, um, that might not paint them in a good light, well, you're not being very true to the, the um, genre, really. Or, you know, you, I think you just have to be straight, and you have to include that sort of stuff. So, I mean, look, if it was someone who did one tiny little thing, you're not going to m- necessarily mention that. But if it's someone with a high profile and that's the reason you're doing it, then you, you have to take the good with the bad. Um, and, you know, often people don't mind. I mean, I think I remember a, um, an obituary on Jade Goody, who was a reality TV star in the UK who, you know, sadly died very, very young. Hello, Jade.
0: Both famous and infamous.
2: You're not my f***ing priestess here! You're
0: a her life played out in front of the cameras until the very end.
2: She was very aware of her own flaws, and I think that the obituary written about her, you know, included the whole, you know, warts and all. No, 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 no. for you. My kind to phone is meeting
0: you, you f***ing loser! She clash with been Bollywood been actress been Shilpa Shetty, don't, 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 and the racism allegations flew.
2: I am sincerely sorry for the pain and hurt caused to your shipper's family. <laughs> and I think people kind of, you know, they expect to be able to read the truth. And um, if and if you don't, I think then you lose the trust of your reader. You certainly do look at your own mortality, and um, and when you read, when you when you write those obituaries you do actually think, you know, some of them you think, God, what a good life, I'm really, really going to live my life well. Um, And, you know, I hope that I do that anyway, but I'm reminded when I read, or when I write, (laughs) I should say, um, some obituaries I think, yeah, that's a life well lived, those are risks, well taken risks there, those are great adventures that person did, they went out on a limb, you know, they did good things, I want to live like that. So um, so obituaries, you know, they can, they can, I guess, teach you a lot about how to live a good life.
1: That's it for today. I'm Emile Donovan. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Rangi Poick and produced by Alexi Russell, and thanks to Bess Manson and Gavin Alice. And we'll leave you today with this classic obituary by John Cleese for his friend, Graham Chapman.
0: Graham Chapman, co-author of the parrot sketch, is no more. And I guess that we're all thinking how sad it is that a man of such talent, of such capability of such unusual intelligence should now so suddenly be spirited away at the age of only 48, before he'd achieved many of the things of which he was capable, and before he'd had enough fun. Well, I feel that I should say, nonsense. Good riddance to him, the freeloading bastard I hope he's found. (laughs)